Hello and welcome to my podcast. In this series, I tell a story of my super tall coworker and how our friendship evolved. Chapter one, new hire. As my company expands, there's a bit of a hiring frenzy and most of the new project managers are young guys with a few years of experience in the industry, but not much. They're young and green, but easily moldable. And that's how our development lead likes to hire. I walk into work after working out in the morning and I see an extremely tall, like a giraffe tall youngish guy surrounded by some of my other colleagues as they're showing him how to set up his laptop settings. We have desks that rise and him working with it in stand-up mode makes him look even taller than he already is. His name is Alex and he introduces himself in this baritone voice, shaking my hand with a firm grip. He's got a tall boy's face with huge features, mainly his honking nose that somehow makes him even more attractive. I would estimate he's probably 6'6", 6'7", with huge hands, elegant fingers, and size 14 shoes. He sort of has a look that you don't immediately pay attention to except for the fact he's so tall and his presence almost demands your attention. His best features are his super low voice and his huge nose. He does have a great smile but remains super serious when talking with other colleagues. He's young. He's setting up his work personality. I'll end up breaking through that, trust me. He ends up relocating to the empty desk next to me and we become instant friends, mainly because they paired us together on some projects and the fact we both have a dry sense of humor. When we drive out to our projects to check up on its progress, he continues to clown around with his dry wit, but it's his driving that has me concerned. He drives a big Ram truck like it's a Ferrari, blowing through yellow lights, making illegal lane changes without using his signals. I haven't ever driven so fast in a big pickup truck as I have with him, especially on wet roads from recent rains where he refuses to use his windshield wipers because he doesn't like the sound of them. Because he has such a bizarre personality, I ask him about his upbringing, which wasn't unusual. He played water polo in high school, which makes sense because I don't know how many guys that could block him if he was throwing the ball into the goal. He has that elongated swimmer's body that you see on Olympic swimmers. And surprisingly, the only exercise he does now is riding his bike around the bayou in Houston and yoga. Yep, he's a bit weird. He wears nice clothes and usually always wears a sport coat, so I couldn't gauge what was what his body might look like. And then after he went on vacation with his wife, he showed me a pic of him in one of those life-sized clear balls you try and walk on water in. His body is figured in this huge X as he's trying to keep the ball from rolling over. And surprisingly, his body isn't bad at all for someone that doesn't really work out. He kept his swimmer's physique, broad shoulders, thin waist, and for being so tall, I'm surprised he actually has really nice legs. He has no chest hair, but hairy legs and does not trim his pits, which is actually a big turn on when he shows me his pic. It's not often a coworker will show me a pic of them stripped down to swim shorts, but I'm happy he did. Now I can crush on the image of his body and all that pit hair. Chapter two, he's insane. After walking alongside Alex for a few months, I've realized he's crazy, but in a good way. 
His dry sense of humor is on another level. He has sayings and comebacks for just about every question or comment I have. I have no idea who his friends are at home, but they must be a bizarre lot to deal with his sense of humor. I once asked if he hit his head at a young age, and he admitted that yes, he was actually in a coma. Apparently in high school, he was standing up in a moving open-top Jeep in a parking garage, and being the giraffe he is, he hit his head on a support beam, and it knocked him out. He convulsed into spasms and went into a coma before they got him to the hospital, where he claims all his vitals were fine and he was sent home. My guess is in reality, he's got a metal plate in his head that makes him respond to simple questions in the most odd manner. He's not dumb though. He is an engineer, but when it comes to his personality and sense of humor, he's a complete oddball. But then again, that's part of his aura too. Not only is he an oversized human, he's got a bizarre personality. It makes everyone crush on him even more. I'm working at my desk and I sense someone standing behind me, so I breathe in and sniff their man scent. It's Alex trying to surprise me, but I say without turning my head, I can smell you behind me, to which he sort of took offense thinking he had body odor. I had to explain to him it's not an odor, it's a scent. All guys have a scent down by their privates. And me sitting on my desk chair and him being so tall that his crotch came up to my face level, so his scent was pretty strong. But it's no wonder because from his pics and the time he wore shorts, I don't think he trims at all. So his bush is probably crazy hairy, therefore his strong scent. Once I explain this to him, he sort of understands and then asks how I know this and I just nod and he realizes it's because my face has been in so many guys' crotches. Alex has alluded to the fact he's married, but he has this very understanding relationship where they sort of do their own thing without constantly checking in with each other. She works as a chemical engineer for a petroleum company and they're both a bit local. I mean, they have, they have to for them to get along. Chapter 3, Sandwich Run One day, Mr. Giraffe insisted on showing me his Yelp on his phone that a local Italian sandwich shop was voted number one in the nation and that we had to go. Him and his wife are big foodies and that's hard to be in Houston when almost all the dishes include some type of barbecued meat to qualify as cuisine. He says he'll drive if I go with him and it's not closed, but what the hell. We can swing by one of our projects to check in on afterwards and make it a work lunch journey. As we're speeding along the interstate, I can barely see the cars on the road because he refuses to use his windshield wipers. All along, he's yapping the entire ride about who freaks him out at work the most. I'm holding on to the oh shit handle with my life as he weaves in and out of traffic, almost clipping cars along the way. We literally run through a traffic light that turns solid red before we even get close to the second lemon line. When I mention that he just broke the law, he looks at me with a dry serious look and says, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm half sure he's joking around, but I also wondering if the metal plate in his head makes him see things myopically and all he's thinking about is the sandwich he's going to order and not the traffic or how to drive responsibly. I'm crossing myself and saying a prayer quietly for a quick death if we hit another car while speeding and flip over multiple times before we come to a stop with the truck on its roof and my spine twisted in knots and all for a meatball sandwich. Well, sort of. I actually just want to spend time alone with Alex, my giraffe friend, because I find him odd and appealing at the same time. Kind of like Kramer on Seinfeld for you youngsters looking it up on Google or Netflix. We arrive at Tony's Deli and I peel myself off the car seat 
because I've been pressing the Dickens out of my imaginary break the entire drive. He's oblivious to my near-death experience and tr struts into the deli looking up at the list of sandwiches available. He orders some sandwich of the day and I order my go-to Italian meatball sandwich. We sit in the small dining area, look around and both notice everyone Every other party that's sitting in the restaurant has guns on their hips. There's either going to be a shakedown after they all eat, or this is a hangout for the local law enforcement. But that could actually be a good thing, because my guess is they know where the best food places are. Alex gets his sandwich first, and then my name is called, and I barely get back, to, I barely get back with my sandwich from the order desk, and Alex has already gulped down half his sandwich. Not only does he look like a giraffe, but he eats like one too. It's a spectacular sight watching him gulp down food. It's like he unhinges his jaw and sticks half a sandwich down his throat before chewing and swallowing. I've barely made a dent in my still hot from the oven sandwich, and he's completely done picking at his teeth, telling me to hurry up so we can get back to the office. He just laughs as I try and pound down the oven hot meatball sandwich. I can barely chew it so dang hot. One of the best meatball sandwiches I've ever had though, that's for sure. Yelp was right on being number one in the nation, bar none. We drive back and I'm cramping up from them consuming the equivalent of a small baby's worth of sandwich. Alex isn't phased at all as he continues speeding down the interstate, cutting off guys in even bigger trucks who pass us by at a mock speed trying to cut us off. We get sucked into a vapor lock from a truck that passes centimeters by us. Again, Alex acts like he has no idea what I'm talking about when I point out that that truck almost clipped us. Did you cut him off? I ask. Huh? What? He says. I have no idea what you're talking about. I just shake my head and start praying again. He whips a left turn in front of the front of a wall of fast-moving cars and we finally arrive at one of his projects, a newly built out outpatient center, cancer center a few miles from our office. We're watching as workers delicately move massive MRI scanners into the hospital building. They're getting delivered on 18 wheelers and placed into the hospital through with a huge hole in the side of the building with a crane. It's the only way to get this monster-sized medical equipment into the building. I walk around amazed at how well designed the hospital is. There's, a, there's no traditional nurses station, just a bunch of mobile stations for nurses to move around to the various patient and treatment rooms. The design is like an upscale office space and all the sur surfaces are top quality. It's a place where you people go to be cured from cancer and I'm guessing there's a lot of room for families to have to wait around hoping they get good news after a patient receives treatment. It's a very impressive treatment center. We take a tour through all the floors and then the roof, which is a maze of equipment for HVAC, water, and technology equipment. I'm not surprised a building like this runs in the millions. While we're on the roof, we take in the view above the pine trees and Alex moves close to me and whispers, ain't this romantic? I look at his face and he's not looking at me, but at the view, so I'm not really sure how to take this when he says it. We get back in his truck and take our lives in our own hands again for the drive back to the office. Chapter 4, The Intern Later we get back to the office and our department lead is introducing our new summer intern. Alex immediately looks at me and says, are you going to turn him? While winking that creepy wink guys do. I admit the intern is adorable, but right now I'm focusing on my oversized friend and all his neuroses. Tomorrow is a company new wide town hall followed by a team building treasure hunt. My friend in events puts me and Alex on the same team. I'm not sure about these team building events and since it's August, it blazes a glory hot outdoors, but nothing stops these Texans from getting outside regardless of the weather. The next day 
starts like all days until 11 o'clock when the office boards buses to take us down to one of our hotels where the town hall event will be held in one of the conference rooms followed by the treasure hunt around the waterway that snakes by the lake. I grab Alex to get on the bus but he says he needs to change and grabs a backpack from his desk and tells me he'll be right back as he goes to the restroom to change. When he returns he's in shorts that show off his super long legs that go on for days. Surprisingly they're good size not thin like I thought they'd be since he's so tall and thin but they're actually muscled with a nice dusting of hair. Him wearing shorts makes him look even taller because of his long legs which makes him even more sexier. That along with his v-neck t-shirt that shows the top of his smooth chest. I think back to the photo he showed me of him in the pool floating in that hamster ball. This guy is stealth sexy. He doesn't immediately get your attention, but he oozes sex with his oversized dimensions, making you wonder if everything is in proportion. After a few drinks at the town hall event, I got up my nerve and leaned into him and asked, is everything on your body in proportion? To which he nodded yes. My mind goes wild as I look at the size of his hands and feet and imagine how huge his dick must be. After a lame attempt at treasure hunting, we lost because we failed to follow the rules. We get back to the hotel and wait at the pool bar for the other teams to wrap up their hunts and join us. The more I drink, the more flirty I become and all because I'm visualizing this huge humongous dick that I'll never see, or will I? The intern is cock blocking my time with Alex, but insisting we hang out and work on projects together, even spending lunch and working out together. I'm fine with it since he's so dang cute and he'll be gone after a few months and then I can return all my attention to Alex who asks me almost every morning, have you converted him yet? Meaning have I turned the intern gay? I just shake my head as all the other guys around me are wondering the same thing and waiting for my answer. Chapter 5, Company Christmas Party. Months pass by and it's time for the company Christmas party. Smart partiers book rooms at the Westin, one of our company-owned hotels, so you can party out of bounds and stumble back to your room afterwards. The Westin is plush and a bunch of us pre-party in each other's rooms before heading to the party. While getting super high on booze and assorted stimulants, there's a knock on the door and Alex walks in. One, he lives 45 miles away in Houston. Two, his wife is pregnant. And three, he didn't tell anyone he was going to go to the party. So bonus for me, because he's all dressed up like some tall, sexy thing, looking really hot, and he throws me into ecstasy. I can tell from the way I must have been surprised when I opened the door and first laid eyes on him that he knew I was pumped knowing he was going to party with us. I look around and see no wife. He says wifey stayed home because she's pregnant and can't party. Inside I'm thinking boo hoo, too bad, but on the outside I show concern and ask if, he, if she'll be okay with it. Alex turns to me and says in a low whisper, only intended for my ears, we have an arrangement. I'm a few drinks in and not immediately comprehending what he's saying to me, but by the end of the night, I get what he's alluding to. Working at a development company has its perks and one is throwing outlandish parties because you had a good year and your stock is up, way up. This Christmas party is no exception. This year it's being held at one of the VIP event halls at the pavilion, set up for concert goers to party at the next level while the peons wait in lines to order drinks at the outdoor kiosk when bands are playing on the pavilion stage. This two-story VIP club within a club concert venue is perfectly set up for private parties with two stories of party space. The first floor for dining, speeches, and toes. The second floor is a bar dance hall with an outdoor balcony that overlooks the concert stage.
Back at the hotel, we're getting primed for heading to the party and drink whatever bottles of liquor people have brought in. It's a raucous affair since it's a hotel room. A nice hotel room, but still a room. Everyone is dressed nicely and it's crowded, so people are standing and sitting on the beds. And Alex is sitting right next to me as we both drown our drinks, getting higher by the minute. Alex convinces me to do shots of vodka, and I hate vodka, but I guess I need to take it for the team, right? The booze along with the powder a coworker has slightly given to go to the bathroom to snort has me flying pretty high and horned up. I can smell the pheromones on Alex, so I'm sure he can smell mine. There's a few of my other co-worker friends there, but I'm focused on Alex tonight. We finish all the bottles of booze and start heading out of the room to the party. Some people Uber there, but it's only two blocks away, so most of the guys just walk. I forget and think I'm in Vegas and take my drink with me while the lobby staff looks at me astonished. I'm flying high and oblivious. Whatever we said to each other on the walk stumbled to the party, made us all laugh, and once we got to the entrance to the event hall, we're of course the loudest. Events did a good job decorating the space. It looks really festive all lit up in Christmas cheer. We head to the bar immediately, which is dangerous because it's an open bar. Yikes. Alex orders me some kind of vodka drink and whispers, stick to vodka and you'll be fine. We grab some real estate at one of the dinner tables and place our stuff to claim the seats and head back to the bar where all the action is. Being in an open bar, everyone of course is getting lit and having a great time. When it's time to finally sit down to dinner, I look around and although everyone is decked out in their finest, some of the people already look stupid drunk. This is going to be fun. We eat an elaborate and tasty meal and there's a few speeches with lots of clapping. What they said I'll never remember and our president, in his usual style, makes a slurred speech about how wonderful we all are, blah blah blah. Once the grandstanding ends, we gravitate to the second floor where the DJ has already started playing music and I see the barflies already congregated at the bar. Christmas parties are notorious for lubricating the shy co-workers to actually come over and start talking to people they've never talked to before. Sometimes you want to talk to them because they're hot and you thought all along they were a snob, but it turns out with a few shots of liquor, everyone's your best friend. I'm bouncing around from group to group, toasting along the way, drinking who knows what, when all of a sudden right in front of me stands my original work crush, Patrick. And goddamn, he looks super cute, wearing a vest and tie. I hug him and actually want to plant a kiss on his cheek. He looks so cute tonight. But I see standing behind him is his wife, who actually is super sweet. So I grab her too as we awkwardly hug a three-person hug. I'm super drunk and don't care, but they look like maybe had it some wine with dinner so I tried to calm down seeing Patrick being all handsomely dressed up and when the Copperhead Road comes on it's our song we've danced to, the, danced to this many, at many company functions and I grab Patrick to line dance with everyone else on the dance floor this is our go-to dance since we both started at the company almost at the same time and we're, we're both transplants to Texas so we had to find something Texan to bond with. We, we line dance sloppily and laugh the entire time. This episode is about Alex and Patrick will appear in another later episode so that's all I'm going to say about Patrick. For some reason every time I get to the bar there's already a freshly made drink for me. 
I'm thinking that Gen Z new hires are trying to get me drunk, and they're succeeding. Thank God I did the blow, otherwise I'd be in some corner with my head spinning, slurring my words to whoever was nearby. Funny how coke keeps you sober-ish. The DJ is on fire when all of a sudden a song comes on, which apparently Alex requested. He quickly places his drink on the bar, gets in the middle of the dance floor, and does this crazy dance where he bends his entire elongated body backwards while wiggling his arms. It's it's bizarre and spectacular at the same time. You can't look away. It's such an amazing feat for someone so tall. Some of the younger people know the song but didn't realize there was an official dance except the DJ who joins Alex on the dance floor doing the exact same moves so now they're dancing in sync and it looks amazing. No one knew this side of Alex and he sets the tone on the dance floor that pretty much anything goes. Even the gawkers on the sidelines start dancing and the party moves to another level. I'm impressed by Alex and he ends up being the star of the night. I still have my eye on Patrick as he catches my stare and winks. The music ends and the cool people relocate to a bar close to our hotel. There's a band playing cool oldies and the crowd is going crazy on the dance floor. We're the majority and add to this motley crew of revelers. I end up dancing with people I've never met before that must live in the surrounding area. And they're all super receptive and getting down hard on the dance floor. It helps when the band is fun. The liquor keeps flowing but I get smart and start to order soda water to dilute my buzz. I see Alex up at that bar still drinking heavily when all of a sudden he grabs me on the dance floor and says let's go. I don't even say goodbye to anyone. I never do. I always just disappear. I hate goodbyes and all the pleading to please have one more drink with us. Crap. We walk to my hotel and Alex says he's going to try and drive home. I'm actually, I actually am concerned when I ask if he's sober enough, to which he smirks no. I tell him to come up to my room to hang out for a bit and sober up. He thinks about it and after a bit agrees but it's that it's probably for the best. When we're near the hotel, Alex asks what my room number is and, that, and then says he'll meet me up there. I'm guessing he's going to, to be dumb and drive home or he's scared to be going into my room together. I'm too buzzed to care and tell him to be safe and I go up to my room. I place my room card into the slot and open the door and before it closes, it's stopped by someone in the hallway. The door opens and it's Alex. He must have taken the back way into the hotel and gone up the stairs so no one would see us walking in together. I pour some water in glasses and give one to Alex and then sit on the bed opposite him. He gulps his drink down and tells me to move over next to him. The look on his eyes makes me realize he's ready for exploring. Being all dressed up, we both were probably sweating in our clothes. Sitting right next to Alex, I take in all his scent. It's glorious. It's manly and not repulsive at all. I want to lean over and kiss him, but he doesn't let me and pushes my face back and then leads me to his crotch. With my face in his crotch, I can feel his penis getting harder and it's just as huge as I thought it would be. I pull back to unzip zip his slacks, pull down his boxer shorts, and whip out his huge uncut dick. I don't know how to really measure someone's dick, but it's thick and had to be at least 10 inches. The best part was the foreskin pulled back to expose the head when he's hard. It's such a sexy sight. I go down on him and hear him moan. He's forceful and pulls on my head to take in all his girth, but it chokes me and I have to come up for air. After a few tries, I relax my throat and can get in maybe half of his dick. He doesn't trim or shave, so his bush is full and his ball sack hairy. I lick his ball sack that tightens up even more as I'm sucking his dick and licking his balls. I'm liking Alex's man scent, but, pulls up, but he pulls up my head and says we should shower together. 
We're undressing as we're walking to the bathroom and I see his naked body for the first time. He's super tall and his torso is long. His legs and ass are surprisingly meaty for someone that's so tall. He's hairy everywhere but his chest, a big turn on. His dick is so thick and big it doesn't stick up when it's hard, it's too heavy. Watching his ass flex as he's walking in front of me gets me rock hard and we both enter the shower as he tells me to get on my knees and start sucking him again. I'm giving the best head I can give and lick his balls and taint, but he won't allow me to rim his ass even after I soap him up real good. He pushes me against the wall and plays with my dick a bit, but doesn't give me head. I don't really care. Just seeing him naked, I could probably get off if he jerked himself. And, and me, but instead he turned me around with my face pressed up against the shower glass. He starts fingering my hole, getting me loose, and it's making my head spin with ecstasy. He teases my ass with his thick cock, slapping my ass with it and placing it in my hole, but not pushing in. The sensation of his dick on my hole has me squirming. Then he says, do you really want me to do this? To which I moan, yes. He proceeds to enter my ass with his huge dick as I place my hand behind onto his ass. His head is so huge it's not going in easily even when I try guiding him. It keeps slipping out because of the soap and water washing over us. The shower is huge so I tell him to sit down on the step as I reverse cowboy on his dick to ease onto it. I put more soap on his throbbing dick and guide it into my ass. Just having the tip in burns and I have to pull up a few times before I can take his entire dick. Once it slides in I can feel his huge girth as I tell him to wait while I get used to feeling it. It burns and it feels good at the same time and after a bit the burn goes away and I whisper to go ahead and pump. There's no body fat on Alex and I can see all his muscles ripple as he as he's pumping his dick into up into me. Such a turn on. I can't even touch myself because I know I'll come immediately. He pushes me off his dick and again I see how huge his dick has gotten from pumping me and his balls are super tight so I know he's getting close. He shoves me down on my knees again to give him head. This time his dick is even bigger but I'm in ecstasy from getting fucked so it's easier for me to almost deep throat his dick. It's too big and thick for me. He pulls me back up and surprisingly kisses me and then spins me around and tells me to bend over. He enters me again and tells me to start stroking because he's close. He pumps me hard and the sound of his hips hitting my ass makes a loud slapping sound and I can't hold it anymore and tell him I'm, that I'm close. He asks, if I, he asks if I want him to come inside me and I say yes. He pulls me back up and keeps pumping and is now kissing me from behind when he lets out a loud groan, kissing me even harder with lots of tongue and I just can't hold it anymore and comes so hard I feel my eyes rolling back. He doesn't pull out right away but slowly keeps pumping in and out and eventually pulls out all the way and we both start showering. My legs are shaking, they're so weak from being fucked. I'm still super horned up and could come again if only he'd let me fuck him but I don't think that's going to happen. It was surprising he kissed me but I'm not going to be expecting to him for him to bottom. We dry off and he lies on the bed naked. His dick is soft but it's still huge. Germans always have their fat dicks. I hear him start to snore and I'm tired so I crawl onto my bed and close my eyes. In the middle of the night I feel something pushing up against my mouth and it's Alex's rock hard dick again. 
he wants me to give him head and I do. This time I'm better at it because of getting all the practice earlier. It doesn't take him long before he says he's getting close and asks me to swallow for him. He fills my throat with a ton of sweet salty cum, then pulls back my covers and tells me to start jerking myself off while he's still got his dick in my mouth. I come quickly still having the taste of his cum and the image of him coming inside me earlier in my head. We both shower for again and towel off. This time Alex gets dressed and before he leaves says he has a good time and winks and goes out the door. The following Monday, neither of us talked about what happened. Why would we? It was something we shared but probably wouldn't share again and I'm okay with it since I have those images in my head of him and I in the shower to have fun with myself for months to come. I think about why hookups like this are so satisfying for me even though I won't experience it with them again. It's something that always seems to satisfy me more than a traditional hookup with a gay guy for some reason. I guess part of it is knowing there are guys out there that aren't gay that like to have fun every once in a while. Thank you for listening to this episode and please follow me and share my stories with your friends.